Do, 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 do. Welcome back to the No Music Podcast. Hello, special guest Harry Potter. Expelliarmus. Magic. Can you magic mm. up like ten worldwide sellout tours for ten up and coming Nottingham artists, please? Just like that. Seven. Just like that. They're, that's all the, the stick has. Seven. You look so manly when you do that. Let's turn that into a gift, folks. So, uh... what we are doing today, Mark, we're going to try and help musicians. How are we going to do that, Mark? We are going to try and do that by... I'm going to have a, have a little bit of a chat about some... Some eye tips. Eye protection tips. opticians, kids. Um, and also some YouTube tips and some Patreon tips and some WeTransfer tips. Uh, the holy grail of tippage. Uh, you're going to talk about something, probably, to do with something Web3 thing. Thing, thing, had to thing. Or do I have a confession Ooh, to Oh, well, that is a pre-sale which you might have to wait before you share. Eyebrow raise. Um, and... Speaking of giffage. And we're obviously going uh, to speak about Nottingham. Uh, Favourite little subject. So... I think oh, we're going to speak pretty about boy gets to talk first, as is often the way. Um, so. Oh, thank you. I thought you were going first. Banter. Wah, wah, um, wah. So, uh, in the glorious world of socials, content, things that are relevant to musicians at the start of their career, a really interesting talking point over the past, probably about the past week as we record this, um, is that our favorite platform, TikTok, our favorite platform that is known for short form content has uh recently made it possible and is starting to push t- up to 10 minute videos on the platform so the plat just remind us why it's our favorite it's our favorite because right now it is the easiest way to get exposure to your music to your brand without having to pay anything um now yeah. obviously part of the trade-off for that is at least traditionally that meant you had to make short form content which if you're a making your eight minute prog rock epics probably wasn't the easiest thing for you to do, et cetera, et cetera. But there is at least a case, and obviously we're going to talk about this, that, you know, I want to talk about why they've done it and what other, you know, parts of the social media world are doing and what, you know, you can, I guess, learn from that as a musician. But the short one-liner to begin with is the platform that is most known for super short, repetitive uh, video is basically gone, we'd quite like some 10 minute videos, guys. Um, and music, the music world, the social media world, has been had some really interesting reactions to it over the past few weeks. Um, people are confused. People are like, "Why would I watch an eight-minute <laughs> video on my phone when I can watch it properly on YouTube, on a TV or a computer?" Um, and a bunch yeah. of other understandable thoughts like that. Can you watch TikTok on your TV? Yeah, on your most smart, smart TV. TV. Well, that was going to be one of my points. Most smart TVs do now have a TikTok app built in. Um, it's definitely nowhere near as okay. u- universal as YouTube because YouTube's on everything. It's like on fridges now mm-hmm. and Teslas. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you can you can access TikTok. I mean, this part of why it's such a well-used platform is you know it's on iPhone, it's on Android, it's on smart TVs, blah 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 blah. Um, so, okay. and it's not that long ago since we were talking about YouTube starting to do shorts. So, is this some great battle of the video platform. I don't think so. It, I mean, it's a fair, it's a fair point and it's a funny coincidence. Um, 
you know, YouTube, as we've discussed in previous shows, is making a big push for YouTube Shorts, which is basically YouTube's ripoff of TikTok, which is short form vertical video content. Um, and they're doing really, one, they're doing really well with it. Like the data on it is insane. Like the amount of people both uploading, using it, and also the people making money from it. Um, but also, yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure on the last nump or no, sorry, two numps ago, we say, you know, even one of the big bosses of YouTube was aware that YouTube, it, its core had gone away from this kind of DIY ethic to a bit more produced, a bit more higher budget, a bit more work maybe. Uh, and shorts were kind of eradicating that. And I think TikTok has the opposite problem. I think your average person thinks TikToks are like throw away. No one will remember any TikToks in 10 years type content, even though ironically quite a lot of them can. A 15 second one that doesn't look like it's uh, taken very much time often might have took about four days to film and make. Um, so why does a musician care about this news? What's, you know, benefits, not features. What's the benefit here for a musician of TikTok moving into well, the longer form? Thing. Well, so territory. the easy, going back to our favorite phrase, the low hanging fruit, things you can do immediately. If you, we've often talked about repurposing content with all of these different platforms. So stuff you've already mm. made, already paid for, already blagged. Um, you know, if, the re repurposing yeah, recycling. Yeah, so like we've talked in the past about okay. you should take clips out of the mu music videos you already have on YouTube and upload them to TikTok. Um, now, in theory, if you've got a few music videos or you've got a few live sessions or acoustic performances, whatever it might be, you can now upload them in full to TikTok. Um, you know, in the art of balance, they're probably not going to do as well as if you made a designated short form TikTok friendly piece of content, but you definitely lose nothing from putting it up there because every piece of content that gets uploaded to TikTok still gets that first initial push to a few hundred random people. And ultimately, if it's a banging session or if it's a banging music video, then people are going to like it and engage with it. And then the algorithms will push it out to the right people uh, <laughs> before you. So if you think a music video from six months ago is kind of done, old, out of date, not relevant, um, and it's living on YouTube and it's on 623 views, it's really worth now putting that on TikTok because it will push it out to more people and it will do Correct. it for free. And you've got nothing to lose. I mean, that's almost my argument with any of these platforms right now is like, even though it's easier to get big numbers, like anything in life, if you pay a lot of money towards it, you don't lose anything from taking advantage of those few hundred people that might see it from you posting it somewhere else. Or, you know, we often talk about you only need that one person in a room that could like change your life or do something significant for your career. TikTok's a good example of that, even if that music video does only go out to 500 people. All you need is one of them to be someone that really likes you and is really passionate and potentially connected. And we do know that A&Rs now spend quite a significant percentage of their time trawling through TikTok in the way that they used mm -hmm. to just go to Yeah, I mean, we gig. have off the record had very significant industry A&Rs tell us that if an artist isn't using TikTok, it doesn't matter how good the music is. They just see that as saying that they don't have the work rate to be a successful musician. So that is perspective. I'm definitely not. The big comment, Sam. Not even me. You're saying full-time. You're saying full-time professional A&Rs have told you off the record. No, no. This is not everyone, but people who make their living yeah. as A&Rs have told you if someone's not on TikTok they see that as a kind of gauge Correct. of work rate or being in touch with the audience. And therefore, if they're not on TikTok, that means they ain't going to be interested. Correct. In I mean, obviously, them. this is very much so I think I've had it two, probably two people say it that overtly to me, but it's, it's in the um, 
very much just in that spirit. We've often talked about quite a few people we know, like professional, whether it's A&Rs, managers, significant music industry people, have often said to us, you know, the musicians they want to scout and bring bring on, they tri- they scout them in the same way they scout athletes. They want to see that they are doing absolutely everything to know that, you know, they're going to put the time, the effort, the work rate in. Because all of these things that we've we've often talked about is, you know, making a living from music, reasonably achievable, beautiful thing. But if you're actually dreaming about being mega successful definition, like Dua Lipa arena levels and crazy stuff like that, like that's fucking hard work. You've basically got to be Olympic athlete level in your your particular area and your skill. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, but there's always a Usain Bolt who's just so insanely naturally talented that he can go out partying all night with the Swedish volleyball team and still do a world True. record. That's what we're all hoping, isn't it? But actually, the reality is, actually, Usain Bolt has been working really, well, exactly. really hard and before he went out all night with the Swedish no volleyball team. And that's no to that story that ev- everyone knows the story of one artist that you know played to a room of seven people at their local pub, but an A and R that worked for a major label just magically happened to be there. There's always going to be one-off stories like that, and you know they're magical. Mm. Happy for those people. You know you got lucky, great. Um, or even you got strategically lucky. I mean, Jake Jake Buck has an element. Jake Buck has an element of that yeah. about his story. So we're in a position where we know reasonably good detail what what went on behind the scenes. But it was there was still a good two years of really intense, pretty much everyday work rate. Well, this behind that overnight success. I mean, this, we we have talked about this, you know, off mic quite a few times in the past. It's you know so much of people often go complain about it being hard to make a living or hard to be a successful musician as if there isn't a roadmap when to some degree there is a roadmap. There is things you can learn and strategies you can try and you have to adjust them for your genre of music. You have to adjust them for the fan base that you want to build, et cetera, et cetera. But I think, I mean, that's lots of areas of life. What you've mentioned the sport and uh, I can't remember if we've done this on a nomp before, but one of the reasons we like to mention sport a lot is generally sport is incredibly precise and objective. If you're running the hundred meters in 9.9 seconds, you can probably get away with being a twat yeah. and getting picked. There's no subjective decisions necessary there. You're quick. If you're scoring 25 goals a season, you're probably yeah. going to get picked. Music is subjective. It doesn't have that precise yeah. objectivity, um, which means uh, a lot of these more opaque, <laughs> nuanced areas yeah. matter um, a lot more which is the great side of having things like YouTube and TikTok because you can just do yep. it yourself, but it does require a lot of work, which that relates to one of our one-liners about labels is if you, if you want to be unsigned and independent, that means no record deal, but it means lots yeah, of little deals. Yeah, and ones deals. that you have to read the John paperwork John Buckby always says that one-liner. The, the, yeah. But apologies, maybe I'm taking us off, off track a little bit there. Let's, can we wrap up and summarize quite concisely mm what you're sharing has changed and is exciting about this change with TikTok. TikTok up until Taking about from the perspective week ago, of musicians at the start of their career. Ago, as we record this, the max video length for a video on TikTok was three minutes. That has now been expanded to 10 minutes. Um, most people will see TikTok as a platform where they're only uploading five, 10, 15, 20, 30 second videos. It's very short form focused. That's true. That is the majority mm-hmm. of the platform. But the reason we shout about TikTok so much is the fact that it is pushing out anyone and everyone to at least a small percentage of people. And then if those people engage with it, they push it out more. So it's a fair, if your content is good, every piece of content has the fair opportunity to get in front of a certain amount of people. 
And basically, if you were at this point of I'm struggling to make short form content, but I have got long form content, which I think a lot of musicians will have because they'll have four minute songs with music videos. They'll have a live performance that they did that was filmed on a phone, all these kind of pieces of content that they'll naturally have as a musician at the start of their career. You can now upload that direct to TikTok. And we're being transparent that it won't connect probably as much as it would if you spent the time to curate something specifically for the platform, but you lose literally nothing from putting it up there. Every single thing that gets uploaded to the platform gets a fair chance to connect with in front of a reasonably large amount of people. So what have you got to lose? Assuming you've been good with your file keeping over the past you know, year of being a musician and you know where the Dropbox link is or the WeTransfer, we'll talk about that in a minute. But as long as you know where the files are it, and you've got a decent internet connection, shout out Nottingham Internet, then you, can, you could, should be able to upload them you know, in, in a few minutes and again, that could lead you to someone important who could help you. So that's my. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the concise answer. Just as well, they have expanded <laughs> their uh, their limit from three to ten minutes. So actually, get get a Sam one liner so, on there. Uh, what's next? I just want to, uh, based on some of this, is based on a personal experience I've had over the past few weeks, but definitely. Valuable to musicians, uh, it's nothing crazy. It's just um, people are going to think I've got some weird oh. vendetta against WeTransfer. Uh, that is not the case. I do not have a vendetta against WeTransfer. Oh. I have a vendetta against... We've talked about this so many times. I, what, is the, what is the... Arguably, if you transcribed every conversation we've ever had and every advice video, every podcast, the phrase make it easy is probably you know the one-liner we've used the most and we try and shout about the most. And Do you, do you think this is the number one schoolboy error? Like the most oft-repeated. I think there's two. I think there's so. Well, let's make this point first because we haven't actually got to the point of WeTransfer. The reason I and I think it's fair to say a lot of people are against WeTransfer is because it's appealing at the start of your career because it's a service that allows you to send large files for free. Understandable. Problem is when you do use the free version, you get I think it's a week, maybe it's ten days, but you don't get very long until that file is deleted from the servers. If you're using that as your main way to send that file, yeah. whether you're sending it to radio DJs, potential managers, promoters for gig bookings, whatever it might be, you've got to be very, very lucky for that person to open it, you know, within the first day of you sending it. Realistically, there's every chance they're parking them all to like one day a month, maybe every quarter. Do you know what I mean? These people are busy. We've spoken to yeah. people like John Kennedy at Radio X who says the crazy amount of emails he gets, like hundreds and hundreds. He ain't going to listen to all of them in one day. 500 a week, I That's think. That's what I mean. I, I remember it was a big number per week. So 500 a week, there's no way he's listening to yours on the day, at which point you might be thinking, all right, mate, but I'm broke. I can't afford to pay. You don't have to. WeTransfer has just done, they've just smashed marketing, basically. WeTransfer have convinced everyone it's the only free file sharing yeah. platform on the, on the planet. It's not. So but cutting to the chase, Google Drive has a, a large free option that's very you know accessible in the industry. Anyone can use it. Um, Dropbox has a pretty good free option. I would actually recommend if someone's considering having a lot of files, paying for Dropbox is, is my personal recommendation, but the free version will do for just sending a few songs. Um, and then if you Google, yeah, free file transfer service, there are, I mean, there could be a hundred now, man. There's so many startups that are trying to come up with quirky yeah. ways to, like I literally saw one the other day, which was for every file you send, we'll plant a tree and crazy stuff like that. So. Basically, <laughs> WeTransfer, if you're listening, no hate. You're but, a great platform. You led the way. Thanks, guys. But musicians, why send a link to someone you want to listen to your music 
which will probably expire. I just don't see the point, and you're just harming yourself. It will definitely, definitely expire. It, well, it will probably expire before yeah. they get, get to the person you want to listen to it gets to listen to it, and it will definitely just absolutely expire because they want you to pay for it, like any business joke company does. Yeah. Um, so our, I mean, it's not a new <laughs> tip. We've talked about this many times over the years, workshops, advice videos. Musicians, make it easy. Do not send music to people you want to hear your music via a WeTransfer link that's going to expire after seven or ten days. Use one of the many free services, such as a small company called Google or Dropbox, that offer you free services that will not expire after seven Correct. or ten days. And as I said, if you're like just Googling, as long as you know how Google works, you know there are so many services that can do this kind of thing for you. How and also, Google you know what? Actually, because we do know quite a lot of um, you know college, uni age uh, musicians listen to the show. Um, there is definitely a habit of when you're making music at college or uni level to share files within your uni email server because a lot of uni unis give like stories as a part of their email and a lot of the time they'll upload the file to the email and then the uni does something in the back end oi oi which is how it then gets sent to the random person but a lot of the time, we've we've had this even with Nottingham artists that have sent their tunes in through their uni email. When they then come to us and we're on like a normal non-uni email, we can't access the file. It says we need special permissions and we will go through the extra effort to try and, you know, go, look, guys, can you send it? We want to help you. But if you... Hang on. What? So not only are musicians sending music via links yeah. to expire, they're sending music via links that you can't oh, yeah, even access. Time. Yeah, totally. Like... The amount of times that I receive tunes and I then have to request access, half of the time I don't even then get granted the access. It always happens. Um, yeah. So, but wow. again, to be fair with the uni ones, I think a lot of people don't realize it happens because what a lot of the time will happen on the, the student's end, they'll upload the file and click send and it looks like just a normal email attachment. But then a lot of the uni email systems do some magic, which instead of turning it into a regular attachment, turns it into a link that then gets lost in some uni sa student safety metaverse thing. Um, so, yeah. The uni student safety metaverse thing. One that's been off to... I thought that was the brand that Zuckerberg was, was going to go for, but it it's was trademarked. Okay, can we... I'm getting bored of talking about links. <laughs> we can. We can move on. I mean, they were, the, they were the key points, really. Like, there is a way that you can get stuff you've already made out to loads of people and hopefully it'll make you rich and famous and there's a way that you can increase the chance of someone that you sent your link your music to actually listening to it before it expires there you go go do that is it worth is it worth at this point because it might be the first time we've said it in the nom just touching on the almost slightly philosophical point which is you know if you accept as an artist you do need to do some work on the business part of show business or the industry part of the music industry um, unfortunately it's very difficult to get to the making a living level from music only making great music we all wish that was all you had to do was just make great music and one of the sort of pseudo wanky philosophical points we talk about is the theory that is all you have to do is make one great yeah. song because the definition of a great a great song is it connects with people you know if, if the definition of a great song is a song that the moment someone hears it, it connects with them so much they feel the need to share it with someone. That in theory means all you need to do is make one great song, upload it to BBC Introducing, you're, they should recognize it's great and play it, and then 
however many people have listened to that show here and all start talking about it and you're off. In theory, that's all you should need to do. In reality, there's normally some work. Yeah, and that's... That needs to be done. And one of those jobs is about getting your music in front of the ears of people who can help you. There's nothing you can do about how their ears react to their music. There is a lot you can do about whether their ears get to hear your music. And so the WeTransfer link is an example of that. You've done all the hard work. They've opened your email. It's not gone in spam. They've decided to listen to it. They've clicked on it. Mm. And it's out of date. Or it's behind a uni firewall. Anyway. Next. Um, What's your bit? I'm done. I'm going to chill. Talk to me about the Web3 metaverse. Well, the... um... NFT Bitcoin Web3 Discoverse. I can't what you called it about 10 minutes yeah. ago. You gave it another name. Oh, actually, it was a lot less than 10 minutes ago. Time Whoa. is distorting in the metaverse. Um, my confession, uh, which is either an impressive piece uh-huh. of humility um, or a, a spin on being a lazy wow. bastard and not having paid enough attention, is that over the last two or three weeks, nothing's particularly caught my eye through the specific lens of stuff in this world that's going to be in the short or medium term helpful and useful to a musician at the start of their career. Um, as, we, as we've spoken about on nearly every knob, there's a lot of geeky yeah. stuff going on. And there's a lot of very niche yeah. stuff going on, all of which is going to be hugely important in the medium to long term. You know, if you're at the start of your career, this stuff is definitely going to be important in 5, 10, 15, 20 years time. Um, and hopefully you're going to be a musician for four, five, yeah. six decades. Because... Um, you don't want to retire if you're a musician, do you? Because you're doing what you love. But right now, what's useful? And I, I was saying to you, I don't think there's really that, that much that's popped up in the last two or three weeks. Maybe the Brit Awards NFT thing is kind of interesting because um, it's quite a high-profile project in Europe and in the UK, whereas this is, you know, so much of this is basically within two miles of the city centre of either, either Vegas, South Beach, Miami, or Not Silicon reliable. Valley. Um, so uh, the Brits uh, and the charity part of the Brits as well, which is nice, did a collaboration with Serenade, which is an app we've mentioned a few times because it's got a British focus and yeah. a music focus. And, you know, there are actual humans who might respond to your email or your call. Um, they did an NFT thing for each of the winners of each of the Brit Awards, I think. So, you know, yeah, if this cool. stuff piques your interest, that's worth a little, a little Google. I think there's even a few still available. I think um, when I looked earlier, um, there was still a couple of Wolf Alice and Lil oh, Sims ones. The Adele <laughs> yeah. ones are sold yeah, out, yeah. funny enough. One of the world's biggest artists. Um, so yeah, that's in- interesting to look at. But otherwise, I thought it might be, in terms of what's useful to artists at the start of the career, good to do a little bit of recap. And I thought if I did the recap, that would be really boring. So then I thought, why don't we like quiz each other and see if in between spending an hour loving the nomp as an excuse to just stare at your face, you've actually been listening and paying oh, some attention. Okay. So we might get you to do the recap. And then we thought, well, what would be a fun way of doing that? As you used to be the king of pub quizzes <laughs> in Nottingham, the leading pub quiz on a Tuesday within 100 yards of Pelham Street Let's do the NFT Bitcoin Web3 Discoverse. Okay, let's go, let's go. This is the mic. Open brackets. See if Sam's been paying attention rather than just staring at himself. Close brackets. So we'll start with the classic. You probably know what's coming. 
the four main areas of this crazy tech that we think are going to be helpful for musicians, particularly those at the start of their career? What are they, Sam? So, well, I like you doing the kind of like nervous, am I going to win so the prize? I know, I don't, TV quiz show. So phase. I know the first one is digital merch because that's NFTs and that's one of the main things we've talked about the most. I know that's definitely the first one. That's digital yeah. merch. And they're all digital, right? They're all digital something. Yeah, they're all digital. Da, da, da. Digital merch one. Digital communities, as in fan clubs. We're doing well, ladies and gents. Kind of impressed and Digital ownership. Hoping to see you squirm a bit more. As in shared ownership. Three out of four. Yeah, I mean, that's the, you know, you could share ownership with your fans. Allow, and will enable fans to invest in you from the very, very start, as well as, you know, Fuck. just buy a t shirt. Can... Three of the four. Digital fucking. Um, digital. Digital payments. Payments. That's a whole lot. Yes. Well done. Digital merch, digital ownership, digital communities, and digital and payments. Like micropayments and tipping and all that kind of stuff. It's every, I mean, it, it's everything from the stuff you've just mentioned, which I think is what's useful to musicians at the start of the career. We've often used the example of during the lockdowns, particularly lockdown one, a lot of people doing live streams. If, you know, those 37 or 52 people have been able to drop you 50p or a pound relatively easily without having to put their credit cards in, I know I would have done. Might even put £1.50 in. And you know, suddenly you could have been generating 40 or £50 a night without leaving, leaving your flat um, through to the ability to, you know, monitor every single radio play of your song all over the world when you're mega famous. Because even the Elton Johns and Dua Lipas probably aren't getting what they're due from, you know, radio plays in um, Argentina or Ecuador, <laughs> Papua New Guinea, etc. But from the start of your career perspective, yeah, the micropayments part of things is probably the bit that's most cool. useful from payments. Well done. Which fa- I've got my list here. Which famous making a living theory has been put on speed by this new technology? Is this the thousand fans theory thing? Hey! Correct. Oh, he's doing well. Thousand fans, some are now saying, has become a hundred fans because they can buy more things yeah and it's less necessary for them to be in the same geographical place so a a thousand fans theory a significant part of it um was gigs whereas a lot of this tech is going to allow you to monetize sorry physical gigs should be really precise there is going to allow you to monetize and i know i hate the word monetize um but get closer to making a living from music or continue making a living from music. So that's basically what we mean by monetize as much as it sounds like a naff yeah. businessman term um, to monetize in different ways outside physical gigs. Now, a lot of that might be yeah. virtual gigs. Um, arguably the most famous example of that um, during the COVID era was the uh, Larson stuff yes. generating a million yep. plus yeah. dollars. Um, we've mentioned that on previous numbers, so I won't labor it. It's news to you, worth Googling what she did and how she almost made a million dollars by accident after doing some, some virtual stuff. 
but yeah a thousand fans theory something we've spoken about a lot over the whole time of music um this text going to you know the thing that's meant to be inspiring about a thousand fans theory is it feels a lot more relatable you know if you believe in your art whether you're a musician a poet a writer a sculptor it's intimidating if you think you need to get thousands and thousands of people to like your art to make a living whereas a thousand was a bit more relatable and then a hundred you could say potentially slightly controversial point it's almost a contradiction to think you're good and then not think a hundred people could be really into you if you've got your stuff out there so then but you'd have to be in some major 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 basement deutsch dirty bangra techno orchestral sound like well niche to be at the top of your game in your niche and not be able to find a hundred people around the world who were inspired by it enough that they would well i mean it's, buy some that's stuff the thing we were talking about earlier isn't it of like it's your job to get it in front of people you can't control what they do once they hear it yeah so no, next question either. which aussie pop duo did you claim are better than abba obviously savage garden slaps on slaps and um to the nearest mm. 10 million how many more records have abba sold in savage garden you mean savage garden sold than abba right <laughs> I think you're getting it. You're a shit quiz host. You got it in the show wrong. Yeah. Not quite, Sam. Not quite. I don't like data. <laughs> you don't like data, particularly when it contradicts you. Uh, I mean, the data suggests it's anywhere between 150 and 250 million Sales. more, depending on which source you go. Yeah. Um, but ABBA in particular, that pre- uh, you might realize if you've ever had an anyway if you've ever had a, like a, a an argument with a friend at a house party or something like who sold more and then you get the google you get google out and, and try and work it out and we're used to google telling us the answer but with record sales there'll often be lots of nuances is it albums is it singles obviously in the modern age you've got these debates about what yeah. proportion of stream equals an actual yeah. physical sale and back in the day in these things called the 80s and even something called the 1970s particularly because of something that's in the news at the moment uh, called the USSR, uh -huh. there were really significant amounts of sales in countries that yeah. no one knew about. Um, separate to the USSR, a great example of this is the documentary on, um, I think it's called Searching for Sugar Man yeah. on Prime, where the geezer was massive in South Africa, which was cut off from the rest of the world because of being a massively <laughs> racist country. Um, and... Um, he was basically a mega pop star without ever knowing and just carried on being a Oh, uh, uh, I think he was a bricklayer or a builder, right. so that yeah, kind yeah. of trade in Detroit or Chicago. Um, so because of that, when you have these debates, it can actually be far from clear and you can get crazy statements like, we're not sure whether ABBA sold 150 million or 250 million albums. Check down the sofa. But what we do know is they sold a fuckload more than <sighs> Savage nah, Garden. Not in the metaverse. So... True or false, several unsigned artists at the start of their career have sold NFTs for four Correct. figures. We've talked about a lot of them on previous nights. Maybe two. Two examples of relatable artists. Artists at the start of their career. Yeah, just name me two of the artists we've oh, spoken about. Literally the ones we've spoken about. Uh, Lack Honey. Lyra. Ding. Uh, what's Ding. the other one? No, Jack Screen. Jack Screen. And Latasha would be the other one we've spoken She's about She's arguably a lot. blown up 
Um, but yeah, well done. Right, she is now. We often say that when we were first. Yes, when we yeah. first covered them, when we yeah, first spoke yeah. about them. Um, one of the things we looked at to prove prove that was what their social media numbers were. And if you may remember, I think every single one or close to every single one of the artists we've covered as a relatable yeah. example had less than a thousand Twitter yeah. followers when they started yeah. um, making four-figure sums from NFTs. And the reason we focused on t- Twitter was because Twitter is arguably the lead platform in yeah. the crypto world, even though Insta is probably the main platform in music, right although that's very, very close to being taken yeah, over by TikTok. Um, what is a base fidism? That's one. Um, a base fidism. Something really boring? <laughs> a base fidism is the of kings from back in the day uh from the area of nottinghamshire known as base forwardia hmm. the oxford english dictionary says a base for them is the art of mispronouncing a word with such confidence a person who can actually speak english properly doubt themselves so for kings right stand by it <laughs> there we go. That is a base fidism. Who dropped the first dub plate? Oh, this is your rubbish joke, isn't it? Um, Thomas Edison. Yeah. What links John Lewis, Bayern Munich, and local Nottingham faves, Mim? It's an ownership thing. I always forget what the right term is, though. Uh, com- it's an community ownership, ownership or something? Thing. Yeah. Shared ownership, mutual yeah. ownership. There's lots yeah. of different phrases, but. John Lewis is a, owned by its uh, team members. Bayern Munich, all German Premier League clubs have this 50 plus one rule to be owned by the community. Uh, and local Nottingham favourites, MIM, Detonate, for example, of brands we talked about locally who've, who are so, so entwined in, in the community. They're more than just a club night or more than just a night out. People yeah. feel the people who go to their parties yeah. and their raves, uh, you know, support them in the way you support yeah. a football club almost, which is one of the reasons related to that. And we're just thinking that we think this Web3 crypto discoverse is going to open up a lot of possibilities. <laughs> Interesting phrase. We think, we think the Web3 crypto discoverse is going to open up a lot of possibilities. Yeah, what's going on there? Let's try that one more time. Possibility. We think the Web3 crypto discoverse is going to open up a lot of possibilities mm in the music world above and beyond what it's going to do just for artists and club promoters and gig promoters, those ones who are really embedded in the community and have a lot of support locally and are seen as doing it for the right reasons. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities um, for them with this tech over the next couple of years. Cool. But we've talked about a lot before. So see previous nomps if you're interested in knowing more, as well as our Instagram, because you've got some one minute clips and some of this stuff. Well done after your excuses. Um, I think we move on to our favorite topic, Nottingham. And the... Uh, What's going on? This... What are you excited about this yeah, month? Yeah, well, uh, so this weekend just gone, there was the Tumble's birthday thing. We we're still unsure what birthday it was, but it had a mega lineup that was like Snowy, Kaiser, Landlord, basically every cool Not Some Scene DJ ever playing Hidden Warehouse. 
Um, so I heard many good things about that. And it was also the MIM uh, Future Makers thing, this new venue that Team MIM have, which could be potentially a really exciting new venue for not only musicians, you know, especially this spring, summer. Um, they had uh, Melonix and Jay Had a Dream, Parisa from Acoustical spinning some tunes, all that kind of good, good Nottingham collective goodness. Uh, so that was this weekend just gone. And then uh, let's see if my memory can work here. So the end of the month, doing his big homecoming show back at Rock City. He is back, obviously a few years, thanks to Mr. and Mrs. COVID. Um, so that is at the end of the month, obviously sold yeah. out. Um, so that will be as epic as Mr. Bug Show always is. Um, our mate, the only man I've ever seen neck a pint in the bodega at 10 a.m., Mr. Window Kid is back at Rescue Rooms. Um, post a, I think we were getting confused about this when we were chatting off mic. Like, so he's still doing he's still doing the Nottingham show even yeah, though they had so to I, I delay the tour. The tour, but kept the headline, which is probably just a. Bah, I want to I want to do my headline show. I want to get this headline show done. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he then tries to yeah. tack a second headline show, <laughs> hometown show onto the, uh, the the tour the second time. Yeah. but. We were we were talking about this off mic. Of just, that's obviously going to be fucking mental, um, and yeah, I mean, it... what time do you think Window Kid will be out to? Does it does it count well. if he doesn't go to bed till the following evening? Because at that point, he technically never, you know, like I. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if your answer is if your answer is uh, eleven p.m. Yeah, on Friday, if the gig was on uh, Thursday. Then, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's hope he's took the day off work the following day. That's all I can say. Um, but yeah, that'll... Uh, yeah. What's the name of the place he works at? 18 Montrose or like, something. Yeah. If you want a, a pair of Kanye yeah. sneakers from Hold 18 up. Montrose, Fridays... Or maybe Friday's a great day to go there and haggle because he'll whatever, just bro. be like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> bro. Have, um, have them. So that's happening. We've got our next workshop not as promoters trying to sell anything but just as people that want to help as this thursday is the next music workshop three radio one djs basically every set of humans in nottingham that can help a nottingham musician plus loads of fellow nottingham musicians to meet network with build a band with whatever it is you may want to do that's entirely free at metronome this thursday tickets are free tickets are on our instagram on our website all of the places you would expect them to be and it's it's worth mentioning they're all they've all got an interest in artists at the start Correct. of their career. They all do shows that have an interest in that. They're and they're also from Correct. across so, genres. Yeah, everyone there, like regardless of the genre of music you make, there will be something to benefit from by going, you know, spending a few hours of your Thursday evening. Um, but especially specifically, you know, if a lot of our listeners are like very aware of BBC introducing, especially locally, and how that can be a useful uh, tool as a musician, we have got. Gemma Bradley, who is the host of the National Radio One BBC Introducing Show. Um, so if that's almost yeah. an end goal, so she plays yeah. all genres. If that's almost an end goal after you've been played on BBC Introducing locally, da, 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 then she's literally gonna the, the end goal is gonna be in Metronome this Thursday. So bring your demo, whatever that yeah. means in 2022. We so a human being who plays all genres of artists at the start of their career on National okay. Radio One. Is going to be in Nottingham yeah. in person Boom. for free yeah. at Metronome Correct. on Thursday. And then there's two other humans who are quite yeah, useful I mean, as well. well. And not just those, they are the main speakers, as we were saying. The, the fact the advice fair is coming about, which is, you know, 10 plus music helping organizations, everyone from PRS Foundation that gives out essentially free money to musicians for their next projects through to 
who else we got coming we've got the local music hubs who can help you get some of your first gigs and some mentorship like the list will be on our socials to so go and have a look there but yeah again it's you know we're really not overselling this is happy promoters it's all free we make nothing from this we want to help but in literally two hours the amount of opportunities and things you could get for your music as weird as the phrases that might but, be um yeah man it's totally totally worth it so can i do my try and summarize something that sam's taken ages so. to say thing give it a go three national radio yeah. djs and over 10 different entities who all to varying degrees have a job, which is to help musicians mm. at the start of their career, all in one place, for free. all free, in the middle of Nottingham City Centre. Yes, sir. And, uh... Am I getting my own demo, sorry? Finally. Can't wait to hear the Sam and Mark Pop do it. Um, so that is... Ooh. That's it? That's Nottingham? Obviously, if there's anything we've missed, then please let us know. As ever, if there's any questions, we, we do exist to help. Again, we keep saying it, but it's cheesy, but it's true. We just want to help. So if you guys have a specific topic you'd like us to, you know, do a bit more of a dive on next time, whether it's something you're confused about social media, something in the Web3 NFT world that you're a bit like, what's going on here, bro? What can I take from this? Then let us know. Instagram, email, all the places you'd expect us to be. We'll try our best to, to help and I think that's it. Shabba dabba doo. Au revoir. Bye-bye. Auf Wiedersehen.